Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience, powered by Gasoline Alley, Harley-Davidson. Today's guest is current supercars driver for the Matt Stone Racing Team, Jake Kostecki. As this podcast goes live, Jake will be getting back into his supercar to finish off the 2021 season for the supercar series. Jake is really honing his craft in the sport now. It was really nice for him to come in here for a couple of hours and have a chat on the podcast, sit down, have a look through some bikes and chat to some customers and that out the front of Gasoline Alley here. I wish him all the best for the final rounds of the 2021 series, and I'm really excited to see how he goes in the Tiffid Racing Mustang next year. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome, Jake Kostecki. Thanks for that. Thanks for having me. It's actually my first podcast in-house, so looking forward to it. Absolutely nailed it, mate. You've, you did an introduction before we started. You did everything that we need to. Only a bit of housekeeping, I'll tell you. Try not to tap that bass too much, oh, mate, because yeah. that'll, um, that'll be pretty off. annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so, mate, who is Jake Kostecki? Um, I'm a race car driver that's in the Supercars Championship. Uh, I've been racing for my whole life, really. It's... Um, feels like a lot lot of the time for me but it's I'm still fairly fresh in the series as well I've been racing when I was seven in go-karts wow and then just kept on racing since and now I'm full-time in the supercars championship man that's because you're the youngest driver in there at the moment hey yeah I think I am that's a pretty damn pretty proud achievement hey to get there at this point yeah it's pretty cool and then to be driving for a big team next year as well and only my second full-time year it'll be pretty awesome as well and we'll see how we go Mate, that that's that's huge. And I, walking in here this morning, I, I did say congratulations and that on it. But um, to have one of the most coveted drives in obviously the series, you, you just you must be pretty elated, hey? Yeah, I'm pretty stoked with that. Like it was a pinch myself moment, really. Yep. Uh, Tickford Racing, they've done a done a lot, really. They've won a lot of races, championship, Bathurst. They've done heaps. So to be in that squad next year would be pretty cool. But Still got a lot of races to go this year with the Matt Stone Racing Boys, and we've done a pretty good job throughout the year so far. We've just got to keep chipping away at it. At it. We've got a few Sydneys and a Bathurst to go, so it'll be pretty cool. Mate, let's, let's talk about what's coming up. Obviously, um, it's Tuesday, the week of racing, basically, when you're coming into racing on Friday. Um, so Sydney for four rounds? Yeah, four, yep. Yeah, four yeah. rounds, yeah. back-to-back, basically, for those. Um it's been a while since you've been out of the car. Townsville was the last time for a race. How do you feel about it? Oh, I'm pretty excited just to go racing again. Four rounds at Sydney. I don't know how it will go, but um, I'm sure supercars will spice something up with uh, if it's just tyres, night racing, the yep. rain might be into play there as well. So I'm sure it'll be somewhat entertaining for the fans, but four rounds at the same track, I don't know how it will go. But, yeah, I'm a race car driver. I just want to get in the car and, and rub some paint with the other, with the other boys there. And growing up in karting, I guess that's where the core of racing comes from, doesn't it? Do you still have the same passion at 21 now that you did when you were just getting into that karting back then? Yeah, for sure. I remember my first karting experience was with my whole family and my brother, my cousin. We always do ra- we were race karting together, so it was yep. like a big family thing. And now I'm still going to the track with my brother and cousin as well, and my whole family involved. So it's a it's a it's a pretty cool thing to be having a sport with your family, and yeah. I've still got the same um, enthusiasm and everything as when I first started go-karting, and I think that's helped me keep striving to keep being better and better on the racetrack as well. And that's a huge thing, I think. Um, having family around, that, that's that got to help. Like you see like uh, like a footy players and that, that have got to move away from their families to, to pursue it or something like that. If you can keep your family involved in the sport that you pursue, I think you're going to benefit from it long term, hey? Yeah, exactly right. So you've got to enjoy what you're doing. And I've, I, watch, uh, I haven't won a lot yet but um i'm aspiring to win a lot of races in the future and i watch a lot of ex uh future champions talk about how how they've won and they always talk about you've got to enjoy it um you've got to believe you're the best and by that enjoying it for me it's i've got my family around me and um, i'm enjoying what i'm doing with the with the team as well but um yeah you see a lot of people that they've won a lot of races and then they suddenly stop it's because they stop enjoying it and and then they don't get along with the people they're around to to do the job it's funny isn't it and like i'm old enough to probably really be your dad pretty close so <laughs> uh, so i talk about the the generation probably previous even to my time you see the drivers were driving into their late 50s you know dick johnson your peter brocks your your likes of that larry perkins and that to see jamie Winkup pull the pin at this this age now you look at that and you go, is it enjoyment? Is it, you know, new challenges is obviously a huge thing. And especially for athletes, they're constantly chasing to be the best in what they do. Um, 
it must be yeah it must be really interesting to sort of look at that for yourself and go okay i'm 21 i've got 20 30 whatever years it is but to find the enjoyment out of it for that time must be pretty interesting hey yeah well for jamie he's already won a lot and he's He's done it he's done everything he can so now he's probably on that next phase he's about to have a baby and and run a race team as well so he's he's going on to a new challenge but yeah i don't think to this day and age you can still drive at the age of say what they used to do back in the day because i feel like it's a whole lot more physical now and and there's a whole lot more involved as well with even sponsors and all of that too and when you get to that age a bit older i don't know if you'll want to be doing all of that still so yeah it's it has changed you know even to the things like this podcast you know um you know talk of dick johnson for instance i can't imagine dick johnson in at 21 wanting to come and do a podcast like that, but that's part of what the new media is for yourself and obviously a lot of the other drivers and that. It's a way of getting their names into different different households and stuff. But you imagine going back into the, the 70s and 80s of racing to try and sit down with a driver for an hour and a half, two hours? It'd be pretty different, I reckon. Yeah, exactly right. I imagine Dick on a podcast now. I'd be like, sorry? Yeah. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> I hey? love to hear it. I know he did one a while back, but it, um, yeah, it'd just be, it's just a whole different format, hey? and including the training. Yeah, exactly right. So it'll be pretty interesting to see how Ingle and Murphy go at the 1000 as well this year. What do you think? Um, not too sure. I don't really, can't really comment on it, but I feel Careful. like they won't be that quick because okay. it's just so physical now. And I think if they don't estimate how hard the challenge is now, even though they've obviously done a whole lot more than me, yep. but yeah, it's going to be a lot different now to than what they were used to, that's for sure. Like the pace in the 1000 is just qualifying laps, lap after lap, lap in the race now. So, yeah, we'll see. But they're obviously real talented drivers. They've done a lot in the past, but they have been on the sidelines for a lot as well. For sure. And that, that whole muscle memory thing, that, that'll obviously come back. Yep. But there's a certain amount of what's, what's the next part that comes from that, I guess, it's um, we don't know at this point, eh? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're training really hard in the background oh, yeah. and putting everything forward because they will be on show, that's for sure. And you know Russell is such a gritty character too. Like if, if, if he's going to go into it, I'm sure he's not sitting at home on the couch having beers. He'd yeah. be training his neck off, you know. So yeah. um, 12.15, uh, Sunday 6th of December, late start for Bathurst, hot day. Even that, there's a whole lot of different challenges to what they would have faced um, when they were in their peak as well. Exactly right. It's December. It's going to be really hot there. Yep. So we'll see what happens. And I, oh, damn it. I, I was about to say something that's not out in the media yet. So Don't I can't. say it then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Next. Yeah, next. <laughs> we won't say that. But, yeah, uh, the, the obviously dates and times just got announced um, fairly recently. Mate, that's a hectic schedule coming up mm. for, for what you've got, obviously. Uh, your team's based at Gatler. Is that correct? Yeah, so the Matstone Racing Boys are in Yellow, only down the road from Gasoline Alley here. Yeah. Mate, so tell me this. The truck would be on its way probably now, I dare say. Yeah, yeah. Does it just pack heaps of spares and just that's it now till you come home in mid-December? Is that right? Yeah, well, normally when we're racing, we'll we'll prep for one race meeting and come back. But due to the COVID and the lockdowns and all the borders at the moment, we're, we're prepping for five rounds. and then doing everything and then coming back. But I'm sure they'll be servicing the cars hard in between the rounds and bringing all the spares there, but it's pretty crazy. It is. So the logistics of it for yourself, will you fly down or Mm. you drive? I'm going to drive. You drive? So you'll Um, pack up your your car with um, two months' worth of gear, basically, for yourself, training gear and whatever. And that's it, eh? Like, you don't yeah. come back between now and then, eh? No, I'll stay there just because if I come back, I might get stuck here and never know. Yeah. And I can't afford to miss a race. And so, yeah, I packed up the car with everything in it, my bike, golf gear, if I'm allowed to go play golf. Yeah. Is that and one of your things? Yeah, I love golf these, these days. It's funny, eh? It's a, it's a big um, big thing for athletes as well. They see it, It's something you can continue to improve, I guess. That's what you yeah. say. And when I first started playing golf, I was like, oh, it won't really do it for me because I'm like high adrenaline type of guy yeah. but I started playing and I was playing with another race car driver and he was actually good at it and I thought oh I've got to be good at this sport now yeah. so, so that's what it is I think it's the competitiveness yeah. in the golf that you have to be better right. that's a pretty good sport to be in though yeah golf's awesome yeah. and now I'm packing up my whole apartment as well because I'm 
moving that to Melbourne after Bathurst because I'm going to move to Melbourne next year. Ah, right. So that's part of obviously joining Tickford Racing. You're yep. going to have to be down in Victoria. Yeah. So that's see. a big change again. Yeah, I'm just soaking up all the sun now. Oh, man. Trying to get that tan for the... Look at you, you're tanned up. <laughs> <laughs> it's wearing all that unit clothing, you know, out in the sun. No, but you are definitely, um, yeah, embrace it up here for now, mate, because you're going to be into uh, a bit different year next year there. Yeah, it's going to be pretty hectic. So, so who's, who's the driver? I know uh, Waters has announced, yourself, Yep. Uh, James Courtney, and is it Thomas Randall? Tom Randall, That's announced yeah. day. Yes. Yep. All four of us, they'll have the... Waters and Courtney in the one garage and yep. me and Tom in the other. So it would be like the experience and sort of rookies type of guy. But, yeah, looking forward to the challenge and working with them. With with a team like that, and, and you're going to get integrated into it more as you go, but does the data, will they be able to replicate the data so you can see theirs? And is that sort of the plan so you yeah. can all grow together as a team? Yeah, for yep. sure. Hopefully they sign me because they see something in me to help the team as well. Yep which I'm sure they have. And sure. so we'll um, integrate data together. Like Cam's on fire at the moment. He's winning a lot of races and he's up the front quite regularly. regularly. Yeah. And I'm sure he's signed his next contract to want to win the championship in Bathurst and all of that as well. JC's, he's won a championship, a lot of races in the past. So he, I'm sure he just wants to still win. For sure. And then there's me and Tom that are fairly fresh to the series and, yeah, we're up and coming and we want to do good as well. So as soon as we can get more momentum and more comfortable within the, the team and the and the series, we'll be pushing them guys to go even faster as well. How, how did you, like when you first got into a supercar, obviously you come through Super 2 ranks and everything like that, but getting into a supercar, how, how did you feel straight away from like a, you know, cart or XL or what, whatever it was that you obviously um, have done? How did you feel when you got in that car? Yeah, well, for me, it was a little bit different to most of the other people my age. Like they go into go-karts yeah. And then they'll go to something like Formula Ford, Formula 4, Toyota 86 and all of that, the yeah. feeder series to Super 3 or Super 2. But I just hopped, I went from a go-kart straight into a, a touring car, um, X888 car back in the day. And, um, yeah, so I skipped all that series. And then I was, <laughs> I was learning to drive a race car in an actual touring car straight away so it was a bit bit of a challenge for a few years but i didn't um didn't back down and now i'm still going now in, in supercars and it, and like without you know talking yourself up as well not not about that but you're like one of the most promising talents to come through the series of the last few years as well so thanks for that it's a huge um you know obviously you don't get signed for a team if you're doing bad so it's been pretty cool to see the rise come through sort of thing hey so yeah exactly right and there's a lot of other talents as well around me too so oh, to, yeah. to get that drive at tickford next year was it was a big moment for me and my whole family as well involved trying to trying to make it happen so i was pretty proud of that because it's a hard sport to navigate it's mm. not something that you can just get into and just automatically just default get yourself into the front like when you got um how many cars are in the grid at the moment? 24? 24, yeah. 24 cars? 24 cars that are typically in qualifying are spread by maybe a second. It's pretty hard to get into and just be fast, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like you can't just jump into it. No, and then it's not just the racing as well. It's getting everything on side, like all your partners, Yep. the whole team, um, the car. There's so much involved into supercar racing and being a supercars champion, and it just takes time. Mm. But, um, yeah, I feel like I'm going down the right path and got the opportunity with the MSR guys in the Superlight program when before that I didn't do a whole lot in Super 2 yep. but I still got that opportunity um, in the Superlight and then I just grew from there and kept on doing doing good and having good results too and nothing to complain about with um, with the team so it's yeah good. and that, that put me on to where I am now. I think the, the good part too with the team like look at your team like MSR team it's all sort of like a family it's, it is a family sort of feel and you, you look at everything that comes out via the content, via the stuff that you do yourself and that, it's all very likeable. It's all, so the cars look mint, like mm. every round the cars look mint. Um, it's very, you know, it's, it's one of those teams that you look at and go, mate, they're punching well above probably what their weight is, especially when it's so competitive, hey? Yeah, exactly right. And the MSR guys, they're still pretty new to the series as well. Yep. 
and and especially all the people working there. Like this year, there's a few new people that haven't been at the team before, so it's not like they've been established for a long time. They got the the stone last name, but yeah. Most of the team's changed now and got Matt involved more now too as a team owner. So oh, wow. it's a lot different to Stone Brothers back in the day. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they're up and coming and they're, they're doing a good job. Like Zane and I this year were to, to open the round at Bathurst with 13th and 14th. Yeah. We're getting a lot of um, top 10s in qualifying. Zane got a few uh, mid-qualifying, a lot of top 15 finishes throughout the year. So we're, we're not at the back. We're just no. We're just up and down but it's um it's been a good ride so far tell me about qualifying in a car what's it like it's pretty crazy so there's yeah. in uh supercar racing and most car racing around the world these tires there's there's one lap on them on a brand new tire so when you have that lap yeah you have to do it in that lap you only you can't do it on your second lap and if you make a mistake that's that's when you go down to the back what see so, so within feel because everything's feel so you can feel after that lap it's just gone yeah, exactly right. Insane. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And then in the race, as the tyre wears off, the car will get slower and slower. Yep. Sometimes when the fuel burns off, if the track isn't high um, deg for the tyres, like we're going to Sydney now where the, the tyre deg's crazy, like massive. So definitely you'll have the one lap in qualifying. Yep. And by the end of each race, you're going to be nowhere, like on lap time. So you'll be slide, slipping and sliding around. That's a, That's probably a... And I, I spoke to Tim Slade about this as well. That's probably a good thing, especially coming into you know, four races at the one place. It really relies on things like setup, you know, driver. Yeah. Uh, comes back to that a lot more, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly right. But it also can be a bad thing as well because if you don't have the car underneath you, like if you've got a little bit of understeer, by the end of that race, that understeer is just massive. So that can be a real bad day. It could be a real <laughs> bad day. So you could be yeah. a little bit off in qualifying, yep. but that little bit can turn to massive in the race because mm. of the tie deg. So um, when you're seeing that in the race, you see someone that's just, you know, you're t- still talking tense. Yeah. But when you're feeling that yourself, that must just feel horrendous, eh? Yeah, exactly right. Like the, the whole series is so close. Yeah. Like we could be two, three tenths off and you're what, 15th? It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Like, and, and 15th doesn't... Like, it doesn't translate to um, – oh, how do I say this? But it's – when you're 15th, you're battling so many other cars. Yeah. If, if, you're, if you're that 10th quicker up into 6th place, for instance, your chances of being further up – so uh, like, it must – the curve must raise a whole lot more because 15th mid-pack, it's just a constant battle with that whole group of cars, eh? Yeah, like, in around that midfield, they're all just racing for sheep stations there. Yep. And there's no priors for 15th, but it's still a, a lot better bo- uh, position than 24th. For sure. So they race pretty hard in the midfield, that's for sure. Karting. Do you have a good history in it? You enjoyed it? Uh, I had a real up and down relationship with go-karting. Right. Um, I've raced a lot overseas, like Europe and um, America as well. I got third at the, uh, the Super Nationals, I think they call it, in the US, in Las Vegas there. And that's when a lot of drivers come. Like there was a few like younger Formula One drivers to this day, like used to do it. Yeah. Schumacher used to do it. Like a lot of people used to race this event. Like there was probably- In Vegas? In Vegas, yeah. There was probably like 90 entries each class. Like wow. it was huge. So I got that's third amazing. there that year and that was pretty cool. Yeah. And my last year in go-karting was, uh, it was a bit of an up and down. Like it was the WA state title. Yeah. And I was winning that and my rear bumper fell off. And then so I got black, no I got black flag there, and then the next weekend was um, the Rotax Nationals, yeah. And I I passed for second in the pre-final. Wherever you finish in the pre-final, you start the final. I passed for passed for second, got the white flag, and I thought it was a checkered flag, so I slowed down. Oh no! And then I got punted off, and then I had to start last, so that was all over. And then that was the end of my karting career. So, oh, I, so I, yeah, I had the chance to win <laughs> both of them, yep. and that just finished like that. And then I went to race the touring car. Is this why you went back the other week? I want to, I want to finish carting off in a better way. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Man, that's that's um, that happens so often though. Hey, if the people miss the miss the checkered flag on the last lap or that yep. you know just miscount it a little bit and back off. Yeah, and like these races, you don't get many opportunities at them no. unless you like still race go karting. But at that age, I had to move on to. Well, I wanted to move on to cars to yep. do what I wanted to do. So I either could have had glory, and then move on, or yeah. Or a, sob, a crying sob story like this. 
But you've moved on, mate. You've moved on to bigger things. Yeah, exactly right. I, d- I don't look back at it and dwell. It's just move on and... Who won it? I bet you remember. Um, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like if you lose something, it's like, I know who won it. I'm not going to say it. I know who won it. But, uh, I think I think Zane got second, Goddard. Oh, really? Yeah, he got second at the Nationals. So you guys um, obviously come through pretty much the same time. Yeah. Two things. You raced each other in the past a lot. Yeah, I think when we were 14 in yeah, okay. Melbourne, Geelong, he actually ran over me and broke my hand. little scar there. Yeah, I right. broke these bones in my hand. Now he's your teammate. Yeah, now he's my teammate. Yeah, that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remind him? Yeah, every now and then. Yeah, but over, over these last couple of years, we've become real close because we share the same experiences with the team and for sure. And the, like the results with the car, so it's it's been a good thing really. And he only lives down the road to me too. Oh, cool. Do so, you train together? Every now and again, he's a bit yeah. more fitter than me. Is he? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, right. Does he not play as much golf? No, nah, no good at golf. Yeah, <laughs> you've got to balance it out. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. What do you do for training? Uh, a bit of cycling. Yeah. Um, a bit of just gym training as well, just throwing weights around. Yeah. And I just try to keep active, like do tennis, golf. Just stuff. enjoy life. Just things like that. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Hard but at hard at twenty one, and maybe not so hard when you've got such a focus on a career and wanting to succeed. But how do you balance it out? You live on the Gold Coast. Yeah. How, how do you go with that? You know, well, it's a bit of a party town. Yeah, well, when I first moved to the Gold Coast, it was pretty crazy with just meeting new people. Yeah. And the lifestyle there, they just always drinking like most weekends or yeah. having fun. But then you soon realised why I come here to the Gold Coast and yeah. what my goals were. So I, I did a bit of that when I first come here. And now it's sort of like I want to knuckle down and and realise why I come here and I've only got one one goal and that's to win supercar races and yeah. and yeah, so I just keep focusing on that. It's Every cool. now and again I let my hair down and have it have fun. But yeah. yeah, I do know what my what my goals are. That's cool, mate. It's you know, it, so many people get lost to lost to it, you know, like that that's an old saying of it, but so many people do get lost to, you know, getting to live the lifestyle of doing it and, and miss out on what their what their main purpose was, hey. Yeah, so I'm not in the position to keep this up for the rest of my life if I don't do a good job now. Yep. So I've got to really knuckle down and focus. And then it's a great lifestyle, but i just got to put in the effort now yep. to let that be my lifestyle for the rest of my life. How far are you cycling a week? Uh, i say 90Ks a week. Okay. Like, yep. I only do like 30K cycles. Yep. But, yeah. Fast. Yeah, pretty fast. Pretty fast. Yeah. Are you a Strava guru or not really? Not really. A little no. bit. It's amazing who is and who isn't. Hey, a yeah. lot of people that like uh, that you see that you think would be the, like the elite elite, just turn that off. And yeah. Just do do their thing. You know. Well, I thought if I if I have a good run or a ride. Yep. And I record it and I go on to like I think that's personally good for like what I did and yep. then I go on to Strava and see say what my brother did or something else and it's way fast. I'm thinking, nah. Yeah. It's it like just puts you more down, I think. And then it's you, like social media for athletes. Yeah, exactly. Isn't it? Right. Like where you feel like you're going to be put down by looking at it. Yeah, and there's a few drivers on there that use it like rig- religiously to yeah. show how good they are. But it's like, come on, mate. Yeah. Don't rub it in. Yeah, your job's to race a car. I look at a few of them like, you know, I'm like, wow, like you're pumping out like a thousand Ks a week or you like. Yeah. The, the the dedication like 100 percent got to give it to people you know it's it's insane oh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah Strava it is it's social media for um basically social media for an athlete yeah I was I was watching a video this morning of Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. talking about his son and he was like um so an interview asked him if he's if his son's gonna be a future champion yeah and he was like um at the minute no. Yeah. And and he was like, why? And he and he said, because he eats too much chocolate and um, always snacks on chips or wow. something like that. And then Ronaldo, Ronaldo at the end of it was like, yeah, but then I have to remember he's only ten. Mm. <laughs> so like they already in that mindset of. And then he said, I want him to be in the mindset of being a future champion because you have to believe you want to do it to to be it. Wow. And then yeah, like Ronaldo's talking about his ten year old kid, like that. It's pretty crazy. And and Ronaldo's like I guess you'd call him the he's the greatest. Yeah. Pr- pretty much it's, so. it's arguable, you know, yeah. a lot of people argue it, but like coming out of his mouth like that, that's mm. it's pr- pretty full on, eh? Hey? Yeah. 
but that's what you got to live, I guess. And you look at you look at Tiger Woods, you yeah. know, take away his uh, indiscretions he's had off off the um, off the golf course. Mm-hmm. He's you know he was a prodigy child, a three year old, you know, with a golf club in hand, and certainly succeeded through it. Yeah, you got to do it. Exactly right. When did you start cutting? Uh, when I was seven. It was seven. Yeah, because yeah. my cousin actually he's a bit older than me, Brody. Yeah, he was racing a little bit, and then. Kurt started as well, and then yep. then I started. Because I heard you say it at the start, but I wasn't sure if it was seven or not. But seven, hey, was was it? Did yep. you like motorsport? Yeah, I, yeah, I loved it straight away. Because yep. my dad and and his brother used to build like Fiat supercar engine touring car engines back in the day as well. So they knew wow. they knew a few people in the paddock, yep. and then they used to race drag cars too. Yeah, and be around sprint cars as well. So I was always around the fumes and yep. and watching loud cars go around. So and I always liked it. So how, if, if that's your case, your dad's built engines and that, how hands-on are you nowadays? Are you? Oh, a little bit. I would say I'm more hands-on. I can be more hands-on than most of the other drivers. Yep. But then if I look at it in my brother or cousin's aspect, they're a lot more hands-on with the car. Like they they can do a lot more with them yep. than me. Like I'm more like commercial side. Okay. And yep. they'd be more, yeah, working on the Like they're a bit more smarter with that. Yep. But then if I just rub them out and look at some other drivers they just, they got no idea yeah right yeah so I don't, I'm a bit in the middle it's not a bad place to be because yeah. like you, you look at um, say in motorcycling which I'm more familiar with um, you hear of people that are mechanical minded more mechanical minded sometimes it gets to be a hindrance over the team as well like they've got too too much knowledge yeah uh, it's good to have some but yep. You know, that's why you employ engineers and mechanics and that to, to, to bring that other side to it, hey? Yeah, exactly right. And like we said before, it's, it's about getting the team on side as well. Yep. So then when you know so much about the car sometimes, it's not always great when you're trying to tell the engineer how to do his job. Oh, yeah. So then that, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So you just have to have to play the game of being a supercar driver or just a motorsport driver, really. For sure, just anyone in, in the sport. Yep. Have you had any moments where you flared up at an engineer or anything over the headset when you're in the car? Yeah, there's been a few. Yep. There's, um, it's always high, How do you cope in that? Well, it's high-pressure moments, For so sure. if something happens, yeah, you, you do, but then you just talk about it after. Yeah. It hasn't happened a lot. Like, I don't re- I don't say a lot on the radio. I'm always so focused. Yep. But I notice there's some other drivers that are on the radio flat out, but wow. I just don't really do it. It'd be a weird thing to have that that interaction you know, because you're, you're in, like, the zone, like people call it, obviously. You're in yep. such a focused time, but you've, you're communicating in a, another way. It must be pretty hard to do, I think. Yeah, and then um, now my girlfriend always says, how can you race a car do all these things if you can't listen to me when I'm, when I'm on my phone? <laughs> Here and now. <laughs> so, so, hang on, I can't talk, I'm texting. <laughs> I know the conversation well. Yeah, but it's... Yeah, it's pretty crazy, like doing all the things, and then yeah. you're chatting to them as well, and then, then you get told how to drive the car from the engineer. It's just great. Oh mate, <laughs> I reckon that, like, you know, you like watching the coverage and that. You look at that and you're like, oh, you know, such and such and such and such. Especially if one you see it all the time because they have such good coverage in that sort of side of it. You're like, that must be so frustrating. You know, drive around the car now. Like, mm-hmm. you've got this really fast race car, and then you've been told to pull it back because you've got such and such. That must be hard, hey. Oh, with like tyres and fuels tires, and things like fuel, that. fuel, strategy. Yeah. You call it a strategy or something. Yeah. That must be very hard to, you know, you're a competitor. You want to be pushing what you can, you know, I guess. Yeah. And you see some of the drivers that are more experienced. Yeah. Like even Lewis Hamilton on the weekend, he's, they're telling him to pit and he's like, no, nah, I'm not going to pit. Mm-hmm. But they've done it for so long. They actually, they're doing their job. So they're driving the car, thinking about yep. all the things they have to do. But then they're... They're more comfortable with what they're doing these days, so they're actually thinking about what else they have to do with pit. If if he pitted, would this guy be in front of me and all? That? So yep. they're thinking about more at that. And I'm track st- position. I'm, yeah, I'm starting to do that now. Like I'm thinking about what I have to do, but then think about my strategy with pit stops and things like that as well. And it's yep. been. I remember through COVID, there was a lot of sprint races, and there still is sprint races now. And then on the, our last round, Townsville, there was a fuel race. Yeah. And then my first fuel race, when I pitted, I'm thinking, I don't even know where I am, like, mm. where I'm, who am I racing when I come out of the pit anymore until, like, the engineers tell me. But then you, you start to get used to it. Yeah. And only I only could imagine, like, the drivers that do it all the time, they're like, no, nah, I know when to pit because this guy will get me or let me stay out longer, things like that. 
that must be one of the big things for you to learn. Yeah, I if think that's so. the case, yeah, like yeah. That, that must be hard to because you can't do it at home. You can't no. you can't practice that sort of thing. It's obviously the only times you can do it was when you're in that sort of race where you have a stop. Yeah, it's like a fuel stop. You could come into the pit and yep. come out, and you might get one blue flag, yep. but you might let the wrong. You might let one guy pass, and you weren't meant to let the other guy pass. Yeah, and then you're racing that guy, and you're like, yeah. So know. that's you're fighting for track position. You have to. Yes, you yep. have to. I've got to learn what's happening. What's the formats coming up? Have they announced um, them all? Do you know? For I'm not sure, City? yeah. I don't know. I think they might have actually. They may have, but it's hard to because it's not confusing. But if you don't have it in front of you, you're trying to figure out what weekend was this and that. But there's obviously yeah. fuel stop ones for Sydney. They yeah. Not yeah, there's fuel stop, sprint rounds. Yep. Night racing. Who's Probably. your teammate for the endurance? Can't say at the moment. Is that one of the things that yeah. can't say? Ah, yeah. okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I was I was gonna say it before, and I thought, nope. No. Nah. So was that what you were about to say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave that there as well. So, it's someone I know really well. That's good. Yeah. That's good, mate. That's um. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it's just like holding things like. Okay. But um, yeah. Tell me about this. 2019. You've fielded a family entry car yeah. in the endurances. How'd that feel? Oh, it was a pretty crazy experience, the whole thing. Like we yep. we only raced Super 2 as a family mm-hmm. and then our first supercar – oh, sorry, that's a lie. We we did a few wild cards with my brother as well yep. as a family, but that wasn't as competitive because, well, the car behind, so that Kurt had the VF and everyone yep. win the ZB Commodores already when we when Kurt did his wild cards with the family. Right. So then by the time we – Brodie and I did the wild card – Yep. We had a the same updated car as everybody else, so yep. it was just a crazy experience leading up to it. We had um, Boost Mobile on board as well as a sponsor. Had a lot of things involved, yeah. And it was our first like big show. It was the Bathurst One Thousand, so we had to. It's the biggest race of the year, and we're doing sure. a wild card there as a family. So it was it was pretty cool. Mass media, yeah, like, for that like a. No one really does wildcards too much at that time. Yeah, and and we sort of soaked up all that media. Like we we did it, we timed everything perfectly with like the launch of the car. We had it on Fox Sports. We did a whole lot of cool things there as yep. well. But then the the whole leading up to the event was stressful. It's in itself just building a whole team for one, well, for three enduros. Yeah, and so that was pretty crazy. Kurt Brody and I were doing massive hours. We're trying to train in the morning which you'd start, I don't know, 5 o'clock, but you won't get home till 10, 30, 11 every day. It was for months on itself, weekends and everything. So were you still in WA at this point? Or were you no, here? we were here on the Gold here. Coast. Yep. Okay. Just had a workshop down the road from here. Yep. And then, and that was nonstop all the way to the date we got into the car, like to race it at the 1000, yep. like testing. And then so the whole weekend, it didn't really go to plan. There was a little bit of issues every now and again. Yep. I made a mistake, got one in practice and one in the race as well. So the whole, the race didn't go to plan, but it was just a, it was a massive effort from everyone to even get it to happen. And then after that, we did Gold Coast and Sandown as well. And that, that was awesome. That's, I think the Sandown round, actually, I showed enough to get my Superlight program with the MSR boys. Really? I think think that's what it was. Because that's that's the thing, like obviously, and I'll I'll ask you, but... The incident, obviously, that happened um, at Bathurst, but yeah. media and that around things like that must be hard to deal with, especially at your age, mate. You were you were nineteen, yeah, 18, 19. nineteen, you know. Um, yeah, and then they come back and make a redemption. Obviously, going back to Sandown and that, and doing really obviously well out of it as well. Mm. H- how'd you deal with that? Yeah, the Bathurst one was a bit. It's I've got no one to be sorry to besides my family for sure. Because that was our whole team, yeah. And um, so that's that. And as being family, they forgave me pretty easily. Yeah. As making a mistake, and so I could move on from that, and not look at the media. Yeah. But then we go into Gold Coast, and we were around 14th, mm-hmm. and then we go to Sandown, and um, Brody, I think he we started seventh in the. He yeah he finished seventh in the pre-final, which yep. was whatever they call it. Yeah. And then it was in the rain. And then I started in seventh in the final and got up. I think I passed for third. Like I passed a few of the upper charger guys yep. 
for third and we're sitting in third for a lot of the race and we actually led I think five laps because the loungy and the guy in front of me pitted so we actually led a few yep. laps as well and so that was a pretty cool moment and I think we finished I think 14th yeah but 14th it was still an awesome job with oh, geez, yeah. with what we were doing as a family family run you know program uh, program so so going back to the car so that was an updated VF yeah, so that was that a VF right and we converted it to a ZB. Did the ZB upgrade or update? Yeah. That's right, eh? yep. And that car now, I've actually only driven the same car my whole Super 2 and Supercars career as we speak. So is that what you're in now? So that's the car I'm in now at, at MSR. Oh, really? Yeah. So who was car, whose car was that originally, like, before you would have got it? Do you know? Um, was that, that a triple eight car? Or? Yeah, it was a triple eight car. Okay, it was cool. a Lounsey raced it. I think it was the car with um, the Navy scheme at Bathurst, the Bathurst oh, yeah. 1000, yep. where um, I think it was Luffy ran into Lounsey at yeah. turn two and rolled him. Yeah, right. That was the chassis. That's that car. That's that car. And it only did a few rounds, I think, yep. with Triple Eight, and then they sort of retired it. It's amazing the history that the cars have got. Yeah. Like when you start looking into it, which cars are still running and, you know, to the, to the, the fan, each year you see a new car. You think it's a brand new, full new car, and some some of them are, but um, yeah. it's amazing how many cars are like that car. I think that Navy scheme was twenty twelve. Yeah, it's twenty fourteen maybe. Like that's a it's a fairly older car now. Yeah. It's amazing what a livery can do for sure to Updates make it look it, good. Yeah, yeah, but pen um, panels, eh? I'm definitely looking forward to a, a different chassis next year, Mustang. Yeah, well, that's I guess let's talk about that. So, have have you had the chance to drive one at all? No. Well, my first test, I believe, was. When I was 14, with uh, Matt White Motorsport, they had a BA. I think it was an FPR BA. So you first test in a supercar was 14. Yeah, oh, they call them a touring car. I think they do. A yeah, BA. Yeah, yeah, touring car at 14. It's still a pretty damn handy car at 14 years old. Yeah. You know, you've got kids that have never driven a race car before, no. and I remember me and Dad were because Brody and Kurt were in the US racing um, stock cars. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I was just racing go karts, and then we sort of just had enough of that like I was yeah had, I think by the end of my go-karting career dad didn't even go to the to the last ones really we're just sick of it <laughs> just sick of it you guys we've got to go car racing now yeah, it's time yeah so then we went to Melbourne and we spoke to a few teams yeah uh, and then we ended up convincing Matt White to let me have a go on his BA touring car yeah that's insane FPR car so that's the only yeah. like FPR car I've driven before wow it'd be it'd be cool to see like you know, you take you take the clothes off all those cars. You know, the, yep. there's similarities, obviously, but every team has their own um, way they produce them and stuff. It'll be interesting to see how you how you feel in that car because yeah. it seems like it, it's producing good results too. Yeah, like at the moment, cams on fire. So, sure. but um, yeah, I think most of the cars they're quite the same, but there will be different things. I got to drive this car to get it fast, and I'll. I'll learn that over time with being with the team and yep. they'll obviously help me out too. So what do they use as a, as a test track? Is it Winton? Yeah, they use yeah. Winton and okay. all the Queenslander teams use QR. QR, yep. yeah. Uh, be, so your new test track will be Winton. Yeah. That's a tough one too. So my first test was that BA there at Winton. Yeah. And I I haven't, oh, I drove there this year with uh, the MSR guys in an old FG. That's your first S time? SBR car. Back to yeah, Winton? Yeah, I haven't really been to Winton before. I think I did one test before yep. that too what's been so far like uh in australia anyway we'll touch base about overseas but what's been some of the tracks that you really enjoy is it is it is it uh circuits or is it street circuits i'd say street circuits yeah are real cool well i like i like both yeah everyone says the holy grail bathurst because it's just awesome the whole mm. the whole event's just nuts yep i used to enjoy the adelaide 500 that was awesome as well yeah did you see that thing the other day that they're trying to yeah like sell the yeah, they're trying to either one thing was they're trying to sell something there. I'm yeah. not sure develop something. But there's something came out about a petition or something that they're trying to get it back in the calendar. Yeah, I'm like that'd be awesome because it was a it was a, one of the best events. It was a great opening to for sure. supercars for the for the calendar. I reckon. Yeah, yeah but I don't think they're going to get it back. No. It doesn't look like it because they've already sold like all the equipment to to set up the Adelaide oh, really? 500. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. Because yeah. it was it was a great 
great just event and good for people obviously in the west as well it was a meeting point in the middle yeah and when you talk to the people from adelaide they all loved it yeah so i don't know why there's got the to crowds be, were huge yeah there's got to be politics involved for sure the last one i went to was the um uh what year was it maybe 20 maybe 17 or something oh yep it was they had like for the concert they had 90,000 people on the sunday night yeah. So the crowds weren't an issue. So that you, they were talking about the crowds at the concert and that those people were there in the day as well. So, I mean, crowd-wise and stuff, it, it was a successful event. So I don't see why. There must be politics. Yeah, exactly. So. Like, I think they had the Red Hot Chili Peppers there. They had some pretty cool artists yeah, they there did. as well. Yeah, they had. The year we went, we had um, Robbie Williams was the guy oh, at yeah. the end. Cold yep. Chisel Saturday. It was, it was a big, big festival, you know. It was a yep. good weekend, um, like 6,000 degrees. It was pretty hot. Yeah. yeah, it was always hot there. Hot there, right? Like 2017, I think that was the hot, like really hot, hot that year. Yeah. yeah. As, a, as a sort of like, we'll just say it, a ranger. Man, I was pretty toasted. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty full on there, but it was good. Good event. I, I really, really enjoyed that one. So yeah. um, Adelaide, good circuit. Have you have you driven Newcastle? Uh, Newcastle once, the first year it opened. Yeah, cool. So, so that's what you start with in so, the new car. Yeah. Are you excited for that? I'm bloody excited. I don't know how it's going to go, mm. but... You know, I'll try my best. Hectic track to start. Exactly your right. In, yeah. In that vehicle. There's not there's not really massive passing opportunities at Newcastle, but there's a lot that can go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's high risk game. Eh? High risk. A lot of bumps. Yeah. So we'll see. I think if there's an event to change the path of supercars to to open a season, Newcastle's Newcastle it. should be pretty cool. Yeah. I yeah. Because so. it will sort of take after the 500, the Adelaide yep. 500. Same sort of feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought. I was disappointed that Adelaide was finishing, but if Newcastle's going to be the one to replace it, that's a pretty damn cool start to it. And um, just for other people around the world to see that event, mm. it's pretty spectacular as they get the yeah. camera around, obviously the beach there and that. It looks pretty looks pretty cool. Yeah, and hopefully we can just get back to a normal calendar where it's all set up and it doesn't chop and change. It's looking so, good. So that could help sponsors and everything yep. involved because at the moment I know it's hard for most of the sponsors to even do mark like on-track marketing and activation we're selling yep. merchandise and all of that at the moment as well well that's a thing like you imagine unit that's that's a primary sponsor for yourself um you imagine going to print out a whole lot of round shirts or something you know round merchandise you just couldn't you couldn't commit to it yeah um so hard for that that particular uh that that particular way of the sport at the moment hey so mm-hmm. uh tell me about your cousin's uh, speeches and that at Sandown. What, he what, made he made like obviously as a team the the pair of his. You made a lot of um, highlights and stuff over that weekend at Sandown. That must have been a pretty damn good weekend. What what round what year was that? Nineteen at the enduro oh, yeah, that 19, we we're just talking about. Yeah, because I think at the end of it was pretty that fired pre- up. I think yeah, it was pretty fired up. <laughs> yeah. but at the end of I think at that pre qualifier or whatever it was called that we just mentioned, I think he said something. It was just real casual, like yeah. There's no filter there, hey. No, nah, Brody's got no filter. It's just, pretty cool. Yeah, he says whatever he wants. Yep. Well, he used to race a lot of stock cars in America, and that's what yep. a lot of them are like too. So uh-huh. I grew up racing go karts. Well, so did he, but yep. I raced for a lot longer than him. So my my culture is a bit more Australian. Yes. But then he's my cousin as well, so I've learned a lot from him too. Wow. But so he went to America, learned their style. What? So they're a lot more like. Roar in that. Well, they, half their half their game in NASCAR is is shit talking, trash talk, yeah, <laughs> trash talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's he's learned a bit of that, but he's bring it back respectfully. Yeah, and uh, I find him funny. I reckon it's great. I I, I really appreciate that those characters within. You know, there's you've got to have everything. You know. Uh, that was pretty funny. I remember that round, and when you were talking about, it, I'm like, I'm sure he said something really hilarious at the end of that race, that pre-qualifier. Yeah, I think called. it was he was fired up with somebody. Can't remember. Yeah, and uh, he was giving the bird bird to somebody as well. Oh, it was all on. Yeah. So, but you know, it was good coverage, and I don't think anyone looked at it in the negative light. It was like this, is, you know, because sometimes it gets a little, you know, everyone stays in their wheelhouse. You know, so yeah. it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Commercially, you were mentioned you're the more of a commercial guy. How how did you pick that up? Well, I enjoy interactions with people yep. more than say I'd like to know more about the car. But then I feel like I do know a lot about the car compared to other drivers. Yeah. But then just to my brother and my cousin, they're like 
they're a bit nerdier with that type of stuff. Yep. They know about everything. Yep. And I just more enjoy, like, say when we ran our own race team, someone had to do all the, all the uh, what do you call it, the, the books type of work. Yeah. And the cars needed to get done too. So then I just did all that stuff and they did that. Yeah. So and it works well. So just it was pretty pretty cool team there. Could you see, like, you know, it's a long, long way ahead because, like, you're a racer for the next whatever amount of years. Could you see yourself building a team? Yeah, well, that was our goal initially. Like, we wanted yep. to – well, we first raced, bought all our cars to do Super 2 to actually get somewhere, which we've done now. Yeah. But then once we're doing it, we thought we, we can do just a good job as, say, some other people. So then we wanted to go down that path, but it got too expensive and too hard yep. to uh, manage people, and especially if the, the COVID was hitting – yeah. Um, the wrecks are real hard to find. So and explain a wreck. A wreck's what? A, it's like a license, isn't it? To yeah. To have a car. Is that so there's 24 cars in the grid, which yep. means there's 24 wrecks, mm-hmm. and you get the you have to buy a wreck, but you get rights back from it. Yeah. And they're at the time they were really expensive as well, so we couldn't actually get one. Yeah. And it just become too hard for us to focus on what. So our goals were to race and win races, win races, and by that we started to lose focus of actually crit, like criticizing our own driving. Right. So then we started like say leading up to Bathurst, like we spoke about, that was massive hours, and we're not even thinking about how to drive a thing. Mm. We're thinking about if we've packed our, I don't know, all our gear. Anything. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. So, yes, it was a. It'd be cool to have our own supercar team, but then again, um, we're still doing we're all doing cool things at the moment. So For sure, can't really complain. Do you know? And and just tell me to shut up if I, if you want. But do you know what a budget would be to run a supercar team at the moment? Um, at a guess. At a guess, like you. You wouldn't do it to, if you had, two million. You wouldn't do it. I don't think. Okay. I think you'd want to spend at least three to be half competitive. That's a lot, eh? I think. Yeah. I don't really know the exact numbers, but yeah. I'd say something like that. But just somewhere around that sort of three to five million, you're in the ballpark. Yeah, yep. exactly right. Yeah, it's a lot of money, isn't it? It's a lot of money to just be, yeah, racing racing cars. <laughs> <laughs> the, the wrecks, you know, like you're talking about the wrecks. The other thing with them is uh, people hold on to their wrecks as well, even if they're not driving sometimes. Well, no. Or lease their wrecks out. Yeah, you're allowed to lease them out, but if you're not allowed to own a wreck, but not, it has to run, has to race. Ah, so and you if you don't race it, out. you have to sell it back to supercars or whoever yep. it is. Ah, okay. Because yeah. I remember there's a, yeah, and that, that's what it must have been. I think um, Brad Jones leased a couple of wrecks or had wrecks, other wrecks around at the time, I think, yeah. to have their cars. So. Yeah. See, they just signed um, forward. This I saw that this morning. morning. Yeah. So he's leaving Walkinshaws. Yeah, it's a um, it's it, it's an interesting time in supercars. Like obviously, there's a crop of new drivers coming through in different positions and stuff. Uh, yeah. It'd be interesting to see how he goes in that team. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It would be um, it's pretty cool at the moment with a few, the people that I grew up racing, yeah. uh, go karts and all of that, now getting their shot in supercars with some with some awesome teams. Like I'm going to Tickford. Yeah. Um, there's Will there in Erebus. There's Randall in Tickford as well. Like there's some people that I grew up now all getting their shot. So it's it's a new era. Yeah, I think it's a new era. Yep. But we just got to keep doing a good job to be able to show that why we're here. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a that's a huge part to it. Mindset, mate. Like, do you, are you a mindset person? Are you a person that sits back and goes, okay, like I've got five races coming up or five rounds coming up, including Bathurst. Are you someone that sits there and visualises anything like that or are you not, not that sort of person? Oh, I'm not really that type of guy. No. I think about it. I obviously think about it a lot. Like it's my it's my job to, to do as best as I can on track. So I'm thinking about that stuff a lot. Yep. But I'm sort of the guy that's pretty chill. So I'll just, um, if my car's there, I've got my helmet. Like when I used to race go-karts, I used to forget my helmet every second race meeting. You are chill, eh? <laughs> yeah. So, but now I've got all that down packed. Yeah. But... Yeah, I'm pretty crazy with with what I do. It's a good thing. Let it come to you. Yeah, exactly right. I thought if you, I know someone that stresses a lot, yeah. and I don't feel like it helps him. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> Leave that. <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> racing overseas, like that seems so weird to say even now, but um, did you enjoy it? Yeah, well, I only raced go-karts over there. Was it good though? But that was, it was bloody awesome. Yeah. So I remember one little claim in Europe by past Mick Schumacher wow. for last corner, last lap. It was like for ninth or something. In a, huge, in a go kart race, and I was like, "Whoa!" Current Formula One driver. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Who else did I, well, I race? Stroll in yeah. America. Uh, I think Lando in Europe. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's a pretty clean crop of races currently around. Like when you're saying that, you know. Yep. Um, so Vegas, is that a so is that like a just a once annual event for the go karts or what? Yeah. I've never heard of that one. It's like mainly there's it's more of a fun event but it's not it i think it used to be like a fun event but now it's like one of the biggest go-cutting events they got in the world like yeah ev- there's people from brazil like everywhere there people are coming to yeah. just race this one round and it's just huge i think i said 90 entries before but i'd say the entries were like 120 before in my class like it was massive That's like huge. there's there's two rapid char- like rapid charges so you yeah. got you get kicked out like if you're not in the top certain amount yeah like it's just a massive massive event yeah, it's one of those things I never, like, I pride myself on my motorsport knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I take motorsport pretty serious. I love it. Never heard of that one. So, yeah. it's something I have to look up. Raced Queensland go-kart titles the other week. Oh, yeah, in Emerald. How was it? That was, was funny. Was it fun? Yeah. So, Kurt, Brody, and I, we all went. Yep. We, um Road trip. Road trip. It was mm-hmm. a 10-hour drive. We um, put the cart on the back of Colorado and just went for it. We didn't, we didn't get a hotel. We got, got a tent from Kmart. Seriously? And the first night we get there was the first day we get there was really hot yeah. and we're walking around and we're like, we'll try to find somewhere of shade to put the tent. And then someone walks past and he goes, You know it's gonna piss down. And we're like, <laughs> funny that. <laughs> Didn't believe it. And that night it was storming, the biggest storm I've ever been in. We're in a tent. Wow. I woke up to water in my face at I think three AM. I woke up to Brody holding the tent like this, <laughs> swaying. <laughs> Had the lights swinging from left to right. Mm. And then it was like 5 a.m. and Kurt goes, he's Googling, he's wet up Googling saying, oh, I think we have to sleep in the car because the lightning was crazy. It was just yeah. loud. So was he Googling, like, can you get electrocuted in a tent? He's, yeah, he's Googling that. He <laughs> goes, no, nah, serious. Me and Brody are laughing. He goes, I'm serious. We've got to go sleep in the car. It's <laughs> <laughs> cold. <laughs> so funny. And then we woke up finally, I think it was 6 a.m., yep. And we're like, oh, we made it. We did it. We what opened, a challenge. Yeah, we opened our tent, look outside, yeah. and the the cart gazebo was like an inflated bouncy castle mm. over the thing. We're like, damn it. Gone. <laughs> Gone. Mate, so your cart soaked everything? Yeah, it was all soaked, but yeah. uh, we had to go to Bunnings, get massive staff tickets and try again. Oh, man, that's hilarious. <laughs> was it a good event? It was pretty cool. Yeah. How'd like, you go? Uh, How'd you go? We got eighth in the end. Yeah. And... We didn't do any testing. or did nothing. We just rocked up there, and there, all them guys was bring me back all the old memories of how, how much you test for one round. Like they were testing so much, all them really? people. Yeah, yep. and they were just on it with everything. But yep. we we're sort of that. We're two tents off from practice one, mm-hmm. and every single round, every single session after that, was just that two tents. Yeah. We just couldn't find that two tents. So they didn't lose ground. No, nah. stayed at that. Consistent. Yeah, yep. I would have thought I would be a bit off initially in the first session. Yeah, I don't know how I was still two tenths off then and then at the end I thought I would get we're like oh that's a good style we'll get better now yeah we just never got better man that's weird eh? yeah is the current crop of drivers coming through that pretty good there was a couple there that were yep. fast I believe yeah not we'll see I don't yeah I think there was probably, yeah there was probably four real good guys there okay one guy smoked everyone really but yeah yeah it's one of those things it's it, it always good to sort of not look back, but be able to sort of see who's coming. Yeah, well, I, in a bit. I sort of noticed, like back in the day with the the tyres on the go kart, you it was more down to you. Like yeah. the the kart setup didn't. I don't think it mattered much. Right. Like we used to test, but I don't think I used to change that much stuff. Right. And, and now, to this day, like I'm racing at Emerald and we're changing axles, seats, everything. Like really? we've changed the whole kart like twenty thousand times. Like chasing we, it. Chasing it could never yeah. get that two tenths, but. It's like the tyres are so grippy now, or whatever they are, like either the setup has to be on point. Yeah. I don't know if Dad just did a good job and I never gave him the credit back in the day. Probably that. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's yeah, that's interesting, hey? Because yeah. obviously everything's gotten more technical. 
Hadn't it? Like yep. lots of things have anyway. Uh, maybe it is something to do with that, eh? Yeah, I think so. I did go to the stewards twice. Did you? Yeah. Protest? <laughs> yeah, someone protested that. Oh, well, one of them I passed for, I think, fourth. Yeah. In in heat one. Yeah. And, and you got protested? Yeah, well, he DNF'd. Okay. I went down the inside. I don't know what happened. I lost him. <laughs> did you hit him? Yeah, I hit him. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? Nah. Yeah. Well, I fought it. Yeah. I said I was down the inside. He turned yep. in on me, and I ended up winning it. So, ah, won nice. that little cart courting hearing. What was the courting? <laughs> Kangaroo court. Yeah. What was the second one? Second one was, I was in I think sixth, yep. and it was like a sort of left right type of corner, mm-hmm. big break zone, and the, someone in like eleventh yep. got shuffled and onto the grass. It was a bit of like a Prama to Courtney at Phillip Island moment. Yeah, right. And I got hit at the apex from someone at the back. Man. And I just, because I didn't want to, because in this you couldn't get a DNF because then there was no pre-final. It's okay. just all your points, that's where you start the final. Yep. So as soon as I got hit, I actually saw him coming, I got hit and I just hooked right hard and just cut the whole track. So I didn't actually lose any spots. Yep. But my, my side panel was bent up in my face. My radiator was all, everything was bent. Jeez. And I cut the track, but then I had my hand up and I let a few people pass, but apparently I didn't. I let one guy pass, so oh. I got pinned for it. So you had to start back? Yeah. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. Is yeah. karting like that? It's... Like sheep stations all around? Yeah, well, I thought back in the day when I used to race, it was a bit more... It's still enjoyable for me, Kurt and Brody, that we went because we were just having fun. Yeah. But then I feel like now they take it a lot more serious. Like I'm racing... Tag senior, like senior class, yeah. And there was parents screaming at Kurt and Brody on the fence. Really? And I'm like, ah, we're not juniors, man. Yeah, that's right. Like we're adults. Like they were taking it so serious. Everybody. Yeah. I, I guess it was the Queensland state titles, and we're coming like it's a club day. But <laughs> yeah, you're coming in a in a Colorado with a go kart on the back and, yeah. a, quick, and a quick shade. Because yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, you, like you go. Have you have you driven at Willowbank carts? Will Have you tested oh, it there? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like, so that was where I did the, there. That was where I did the nationals when I was like fourteen. That oh, was my really? Last round, yeah. Yeah, right. So it's a pretty cool track. I reckon it's one of the best tracks in the country, Ipswich. Some of the setups, though. Oh, crazy, mate! I, I go past there to you know we do dirt track next door. Yeah. And you go past and you're like, man, like that's a that's a legit setup for go karts. Yeah. Like, so. When I used to race in Europe, the karting, that's what yep. it was. Or everyone had massive, they had like supercar trucks for their go-karts. Wow. Like huge, that's what yep. it was. But I think that culture has started to come to Australia now. Yeah. And that's why it's a whole lot more serious because I guess there's a whole lot more money involved. Yep. Makes it hard for people. And know. then, but I still believe like if you've got the talent, you, you still can go to the track with your dad and a little box trailer and yep. do the same job. Yeah. You still need a little bit of money because tyres aren't cheap and all of that. Like, they've got controlled fuel tyres and everything these days. Racing isn't cheap. No. Yeah, exactly right. But, like, my little brother, he's seven, he just started go-karting in yeah. WA with Dad. Yeah. And Dad's, like, really love. He's, like, really into go-karting. Now he's going back to karting. Oh, he's got – he's only – I think he's just off his P-platers. Yeah. Oh, and he's not now. He's been off it for a little bit. But his Dad's changing the engines like they're going out of fashion. Wow. Not the engines, but changing the, the, the barrel and everything he can do to it. Yep. And Jay's still not driving at, at 100% yet, but he's still doing everything he can. He's reliving it. <laughs> he's reliving it. He's loving it. That's cool, though, isn't it? That sort of touches on what we said at the start, the family family of racing. It's pretty damn cool. Yeah. So, so is your dad a um, mechanic or built, like obviously doing the engine and stuff? Or is he yeah, he's, obviously very hands-on with this stuff? Yeah, Yeah, he's pretty mechanically minded. Yep. And I think he's taught... Uh, me and Kurt a lot of that as well. Yeah, Kurt's taken on a little bit more serious the mechanic <laughs> side of, side of things. Yep. But yeah, Dad pretty much does everything. So he used to build touring car engines back in the day. Yeah. He's um he's a machinist by trade, and yeah. It's 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 hardcore work that, you know, if you look at the the talent that goes into that. Yeah. It's it's uh, very very good work. Well, if you think about it, to this day, there's not many people that learn to do things like that anymore. No, there's not. Like, say there's you either social media influencer or... or what a career. <laughs> yeah, like there's nothing like that nah. anymore. But there is there is still tradies and all of that, but there's still not not many machinists. No, nah, it's, it, it's something I said to uh, to a friend that's 
uh, late sixties now. Uh, that that is bi- a bike mechanic, but it's got a CNC machine, mill, everything at home. Does does a lot of work themselves. And like I said, once you go, because a lot of a lot of the bike shops uh, send their warranty work to him because they don't do that stuff anymore. Like yeah, hot, you know, yeah. they, they'll service and they might do a rebuild and stuff. Um, this is in a regional part of Australia, and I'm like. What happens when your generation of people with that skill set disappears? Because it will, like, and it has. Like, you look at it, you're like, a lot of people can't do what those people did. Yeah. And it's disappearing, eh? Yeah, I think it is as well. But so it could be a bit of a scare. Yeah. But then the the whole world's changing too. So like, there's a lot of three D printed. Yeah, three D print things like that these yeah. days. Like my brother just bought a, or my dad and my brother just bought a um, a robotic welder. Wow. And it's like full robotic. So, say like back in the day, um, dad to make like say a cylinder head, yep. he would have to start for block. Yep. But now, they wouldn't make a cylinder head with. The, I don't think they would with the robotic welder at the moment. But say if you wanted to make something, you can weld it, and then you can machine it. But you're not machining so much of the part. Mm. Like. You only can start smaller because you're making it and then yep. machining it instead of having a big block so to you've got machine it. Eff- efficiency, less product. Yep. Like all those things that come into it like that. Yeah, and I guess that's why most people aren't yeah. hands-on anymore because things like this are coming into play. Yeah, it's strange. Yeah. Like especially like, you know, you're 21, you're still on the crossover point of seeing what your dad's done yep. as well, you know, mm-hmm. with that. Um, the next lot of people, like your younger brother, uh, did you say he's seven? Seven. Like he'll be on the next phase of that again. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. He's, he will. He'll, he'll see a lot of different things to what, what you'll see. Yep. So in, in the way of carding and, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but my my dad's fairly old school. So I, for my little brother, I think he's, he'll still good. learn my dad's side. So That's like saying WA, everyone's got these nice fancy trailers and all of that, all the bells and whistles, but he's still got their little box trailer. Good. So, but so he'll learn that way. Yeah. I'm sure he'll have a supercar team one day or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll come through. Yeah. The um, tell me about growing up in WA. What you did? Did you do many laps of say like Barbagello or what's your what's your what's your home? What was home for you? Um, yeah. So WA, I obviously went to school there. Yep. Uh, grew up there. Family business is there as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, started go karting there. The same home club is Ricardo. Yep. Tiger Kart Club. And so that's a pretty cool thing. Cool stat, eh? Yeah, yep. cool stat. I think Garth Tander as well. Yep. And yeah, Barbagallo was our, our home track. Did you enjoy driving it? It's, yeah, it's an enjoyable track. It's really small, so like it can make a lot of things happen. Yeah. I don't mind the small tracks. It's either the street circuits that I like or these small tracks, like even QR, like I enjoy them because little things can happen. Right. Because it's so tight. But yeah, personally, I even tied a track and they just resurfaced it well, a couple of years ago now. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be good for it. Yeah, beforehand it was real high tide deg like SMP, yep. Sydney Motorsport Park, but now it's Brestine. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah it, it, it needed some needed some work, eh? Because I think, I think they shut it down for a little bit, at least to motorcycles. Yeah, they were, they were saying that, oh, I think Barbagallo for the motorbike rides, I, that's too dangerous for me. Yeah, that last. Last corner, isn't it? Yeah, the last corner. Like, yeah. there's just not much runoff. Mm. And yeah, but for the car racing, I think it's great. That that area just before you crest back over the hill, that big sweep and turn. Yeah, that'd be fun in a in a good car, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, the little track. That look, w- yeah, I look at that and go, that that looks like a really fun corner. You know, you dissect these little parts of tracks around. Right? Yeah. So, so, do you race? Oh, that's a bold statement. I try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a simulator, mate. That's it. Nah. Yeah. But I, I, I have done some bike racing. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm not um, – it's been a few years. Yeah. Um, but I went out and did two track days last week. It's not racing, but it's good to be out on a racetrack and, you know, uh, you get to test things more than what you would anywhere else. Mm. And, um, yeah. Something I want to get back into, though, to be honest. I, I, I enjoy it and – the, the uh, adrenaline, it's great. The adrenaline, and there's, you know, even a track track day is good, but there's no nothing like sitting on a starting line with, you know, twenty four bikes or you know twenty four cars in your case. Uh, that gives you something totally different, and uh, I love it. Yeah, it's addictive. Yeah, it's awesome. Unit, how did you team up with Unit? 
Uh, well, they were actually the MSR guys' main sponsor on the yep. car. Yeah. So then when I signed there, that was just automatically to me. Yep. And just I've had a good relationship over with them for the last couple of years. They're great guys and everyone at the whole yep. the unit factory are just awesome. And we've just really got along. It's been good. I've heard that. I heard you've got a pretty good relationship there and it seems, seems like a, a fun one and you seem to have plenty of fun with what you do, mate, which is pretty cool. Yeah, well, Kamal and Elias, the unit guys, they actually yep. got me involved in golf. Really? They're like, I want you to be the best supercar golf player. <laughs> is there many supercar golf players? Uh, I think there's a few, yeah. There is? Yep. Yeah, there's a few of them. That's good. And so now when I play with them, I keep letting them down. Really? <laughs> mate, you just keep winning, eh? You have to start playing for money. Yeah, it's funny, like... Most people that play golf, they just pretend they're pros. Yep. Everyone's crap, but then everyone thinks they're good. Yeah. You've <laughs> got to buy the new fresh fresh clothes every time for golf. And yeah. Where do, you, where do you play? Have you got a place um, that you love or you got a membership? Well, they got a membership. The unit guys have a membership at... Um, Full pro. At Royal Pines. Yeah, nice. Good course. It's awesome. So I, I go there at least once a week. Yeah, nice. Nice. Yeah. I, like we better wrap this up because I know you've got to get yourself ready, obviously, to head to uh, to Sydney for a long extended time. Yeah. Um, thanks, thanks, obviously, for coming in. Um, so stoked for you to get your drive, obviously, next year. And I, I want to see how you wrap this year up. Obviously, leaving Townsville was pretty pretty good times for yourself. Um, so I'm so so stoked to sort of see how you get to. And I uh, might head to Bathurst. We'll see how that sort of yeah. see what happens with borders, man. It's a little scary, eh? Yeah. So for for a spectator, anyway. Um, but yeah, good luck with the rest of the year, mate. Yeah, thanks for that. Thanks for having me on this as well. And I just want to give a little shout out to Rob from Gasoline Alley for teeing this up too. Yeah. I remember when I walked in here um, a couple of weeks ago. I didn't know Rob actually was here, and I I knew Rob from Perth, WA, when he used to run the store in yep. Perth. And he's like, oh, I know your dad and my grandfather too. So, yeah, thanks for teeing up, Rob, and thanks for having me on here. It's been awesome. Nah, super appreciate it, mate. And obviously uh, Rob and Ferg from here that have this store, they um huge supporters of this and it couldn't happen without them as well. So um, shout out to them and, yeah, thanks heaps, mate, and uh, all the best. Thanks, that. Cheers. Cheers. That's all we have time for on today's show. If you get the chance, head over to YouTube and hit subscribe on our channel. The other places you can find us are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Uh, Give us a rating and a review. Tell your friends and uh, be safe, everyone, and enjoy your week.